Hey Dreadheads, John here. And before we start the new episode, I want to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Schedule 35. Schedule 35 is the gold standard when it comes to psilocybin microdosing. Studies from Johns Hopkins, the Imperial College of London, and many more have shown that psilocybin works by creating new neural networks in the brain, which help boost focus, creativity, mood enhancement, and can help fight addiction. I personally microdose with Schedule 35 to battle my anxiety and depression, and the results so far have exceeded any benefits I saw from taking prescribed serotonin reuptake inhibitors for close to a decade. Psilocybin, when taken thoughtfully at sub-hallucinogenic levels, can sharpen your focus, hone your mental clarity, unleash your creativity, expand your mind, open your heart, and ease your anxiety. Schedule 35 takes a science-backed approach to microdosing mushrooms. They precisely measure out every dose, they verify the age of every one of their customers, they ship discreetly, and better yet, they give you a microdosing regimen that allows you to enjoy the benefits of psilocybin without any of the hallucinogenic effects. So head over to schedule35.co and use coupon code STDPOD, that's S-T-D-P-O-D, to enjoy 15% off your first order. You must be 19 or older in Canada and 21 or older in the U.S. to purchase. Once you verify your ID on their website, you'll receive an invite code to proceed with your purchase. While not legal in the U.S., several states have decriminalized and or deprioritized psilocybin, with many others petitioning for the same change. Schedule 35 operates from a decriminalized zone and still advises that all sales are up to customer discretion and advises customers to be aware of their municipal and state laws. Dreadheads, I'm not a doctor, and I'm sorry this ad is taking so long, but I wanted to tell you how microdosing has benefited me in my daily life so far. Like millions of other people, I wanted to radically improve my mental health in a way that current medicine just hasn't been able to provide. With Schedule 35, I've not only seen the results, but I feel them every day. So visit Schedule35.co today and learn about the microdosing revolution. If you think it's right for you, be sure to use coupon code S. TDPod at checkout to get 15% off of your first purchase. The link will be provided in the description below. And remember to use coupon code STDPOD, that's STDPOD, for 15% off of your first purchase. And welcome to episode 46 of the Spread the Dread podcast, where we're going to cover Joel Rifkin, the Empire State Strangler. Let's get right into it, Joe. Oh, remind everybody, obviously, it's episode 46. Last week, we put out episode 45, uh, which was part six. Yes, part six. Part six of Tortures Mm -hmm. and Executions. And just to go ahead and let y'all know for our 50th episode, because we've already got it done and ready, will be the last installment of the Tortures and Executions series, part seven. We're going to move on to a new series. We have two very highly in mind. Uh, Just going to kind of see where the research takes me. Obviously, I'm going to pick whichever one's the fucking easiest. But we could always do a poll, too. I'm not doing a poll because they're going to end up picking the hardest one, whether they know it or not. I got got other shit to do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so look out for that. If you haven't checked out episode 45, go do it. And we did just put up a brand new Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill, where me and my brother Jay berate the living shit out of All Jacked Up and Full of Worms. Uh, I recommend you watch the movie. If you plan to watch the movie before you listen to that, uh, clearly we didn't didn't like it. Yeah, well, uh, always spoiler alerts on that one, but that is a newer movie. 
always spoil on that show. I don't, I'm not fucking doing all that shit. <laughs> uh, moving on, Joe, where is the most dreadful site on all of the internet? Dread the, uh, spread the dread podcast.com. Yep, yep, yep. At least, at least uh, on the uh, on the regular web. We ain't, not, you know, not deep yeah, not deep web, don't dark, dark web. Yeah, yeah, everything above the iceberg. <laughs> we'll, we'll, and, and, and honestly, most video sites too, especially if they have like cartel killings. We're not oh. as dreadful as those. No. But no. if you go there, you're going to find links to all the podcasting platforms we're on, our YouTube, our BitChute, which you should definitely uh, be subscribed to. Make sure you hit that bell so that you'll get all notifications uh, for the video series that we do, Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill. Of course, the audio only of that is always on the podcast platforms as well. And here in the next few upcoming weeks, we are going to be ep- uh, debuting episode one of Talking Dread, where I'm going to have a guest on, Ricky Glore. He is a comedian, an actor, a writer, and a director. So look out for that in the coming uh, couple weeks. Um... That's it, isn't it? Yep. All right. Well, then let's get started with episode 46. Joel Rifkin, the Empire State Strangler. All right. Let's kick this fucker off. Uh, He was born January 20th, 1959 in New York City, New York. In old New York. (laughs) Um, Rifkin's birth parents were both young, unwed college students, and his biological father was actually an Army veteran. On February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1959, when he was just three weeks old, Rifkin was adopted by Ben and Jean. Is that how you say it? Yeah, but I think that's also an old, J-E-A-N-N-E. I think that's kind of an old school way of spelling Jean, or maybe the more feminine version of Jean. But I've seen Jean like with without the extra N or the A. Okay, so Ben and, yeah, B and J, Rifkin. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And for middle class couple living um, actually on Long Island, Um, they were happy with their son that they uh, repeated the procedure with adoption with a daughter three years later. In 65, the family settled into East Meadow, where Joel would spend most of his remaining years. Uh, he shared his mother's enthusiasm photography for... for- God damn, too many phonetically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucked with my damn stutter. For damn it. Photography and handicrafts. Yeah. There you go, Joe. The pass off. Thank you. A brainy child who never quite fit in with the other kids his age. Um, he actually tested with an IQ of 128. Now, when you were reading the notes, you said that's high, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty high. I. Don't put me on the spot. God damn it, you love putting me on the spot. I right. do not remember what no. the actual like um, thresholds are. Right? I, yeah, because I, I don't. I, I'm there's like yeah. retarded, and then like normal, and then above yeah. normal. Yeah. Well, I I know that there's Ooh, like that was something so not PC was. Th- who gives a fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I meant that sarcastically. Maybe chase some people off. Either way, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I know that there's like there's got to be a certain level where they actually like qualify you as a genius. I think yeah. Mensa has a certain threshold. You yeah. have to hit and stuff like that but we did find out that there's not like an end score like you don't get to like a 180 and like that's as smart as everyone like is i think they were saying that they believe that there's probably been people well certainly they there's people that they've suspected in the like low 200s but like even maybe up to 300 or whatever wow uh, but regardless of this uh, he did poorly in school. Uh, part of his problem seemed to be the merciless teasing of his classmates. They called him the turtle. <laughs> that Wait, awful is that fucking a- Dana Carvey movie. I Master know, the right? That's a movie so goddamn bad. I'm just bad. thinking about that party where everyone, I walked in the room. It was like... Make- you were making fun of a kid who was not circumcised, I by did, the way. I was not making any fun. I walked in the room and everybody was calling him turtle. And I was like, what? He's not circumcised? And everybody busted out laughing. I'm like, what? Oh, you so you, didn't, you just salted the shit. wound a little bit. Yeah, there I didn't go. know. Right, that's different then. That's fine. That's, <laughs> I'm sure he didn't fucking think about like offing himself and his fucking... <gasps> 
late high school years. That's terrible. Oh, that was, and it's way below the fucking belt because I did my share of teasing too, even as a fat kid. Below the Wasn't belt. afraid was to fucking purpose? tease people. Nice pun there. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, but they called him Turtle, mimicking his slouch posture and slow fust, uh, footsteps. Uh, is seldom missing a chance to, you know, give him a good fucking rib. Uh, Rifkin graduated from high school in uh, 77. Uh, he uh, never quite cut it in college, um, but tried his ass off for like the next 12 years. I will promise you anything in the world. If you're doing anything for 12 years without success, fucking another guy with a high IQ, Einstein said that, you know, sitting there and doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Yeah. And thus why Joel Rifkin's on this fucking podcast. He attended Nassau Community College, the State University of New York at Brockport. No fucking idea where that is. I'm sure some of our Yankee dreadheads could straighten me out. Uh, And the State University of New York at Farmingdale. Uh, But he never fucking earned a degree from any one of those fucking colleges. So his student student debt had to be through the fucking roof. I'm curious if there was Pell back then and he was just switching degrees so he could keep on going to school. Just gaming the system. This dude's the original Van Wilder. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Anyway, so uh, let's get into his adulthood. He drifted in and out of jobs uh, and mostly lived at home. Uh, he did have a Why brief is that a not a surprise? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's some of these fucking guys on here that are well and gainfully employed. And, you know, it just, I guess it takes all fucking kind. And, you know, I don't ever read ahead in like a notes, but I'm like, this is a guy who is just kind of has spent the majority of his life as a wallflower, is, has kind of felt out of control with his own personal well-being. As far as like when it came to school, he seems, can't commit himself to aimless. anything. Yeah, very aimless, like yeah. lost. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, 12 years at college and not earning a single degree. Uh, like even a bullshit degree, he should have. I f- think some depression too, because like well, it seems like he could, he wanted to start a task for a reason, but would lose gas. I right. mean, that's that's indicative of depression. Well, he did have a brief relationship with a uh, girl. Oh, and she said he was sweet, but always depressed. So, there boom, go. there you go. Uh, in February 1987, Joel Rifkin's father, at, he purposefully overdosed uh, to end his uh, long and painful battle with prostate cancer. Mm. Uh, Joel actually delivered his eulogy uh, and things seem to go downhill from there, which is another thing. Trauma. Where, well, yeah, especially when you when you have a serial killer who did not really have any fam- familial trauma. Yeah. You know, they're by all accounts, I mean, apart from him getting, a, you know, adopted and everything like that, but that he was very young mm-hmm. when that happened. So yeah. that's not something. He clearly had a decent, you know, he was living at home, so he had a, you know, a fairly decent relationship. Nobody was fucking him up, yeah. you know, as a young kid or anything like that. Then you'll see, like, them lose somebody. Yeah. And like that's another one that they're just it's just kind of like a fucking if, tipping point. Actually, if anybody's ever watched Hoarders, it's the same thing. It's always some kind of fucking trauma that starts up. Right. Um so on August 22nd, 1987, Rifkin was actually arrested in Hempstead, Long Island for soliciting a prostitute. Yeah, that'll get there you depressed. <laughs> well, you not go. the jail part. Yeah. But well, <laughs> the shit, he, he didn't get any of it, though. He no. got busted trying to buy it. Yeah, he paid That's a fine. That's even more depressing. <laughs> <laughs> he paid a fine, and he actually managed to conceal the whole incident from his mom. Well, that's good. Mom <laughs> does not need to know, A, if you successfully commandeered a prostitute, or B, if you unsuccessfully <laughs> commandeered a prostitute and had to go inside some bars and get everything straightened Especially out. Especially after Dad just died of, like, butt cancer. Right. Well, they, you uh. know, I mean, fucking, you know, Joel, who knows? Maybe if he would have got that, this is why we need to legalize sex work. Maybe <laughs> that's 
that's what he needed. That might have got him over the hump. Yes. But here we are talking about Joel Rifkin because you can't buy a piece of nookie in the land of the fucking free. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) All right. So regardless, because of this incident, he just started traveling further from his home area to speak, you know, to seek hookers in Manhattan when he felt the urge. Um, He began collecting books and press clippings on serial killers of prostitutes. Uh Oh, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) Including that's two. That's two loves that shouldn't be. I know prostitutes. I like prostitutes and I like serial killers that kill prostitutes. That's not a good thing, especially if you're enjoying the prostitutes. Like, (laughs) yeah, because he, yeah, he was interested in, uh, you know, the Green River Killer and New York's own uh, Arthur Shawcross. Um, He was. Merely a temporary fan fascination, but eventually he moved from like abstract study of killers um, into emulation of their brutal crimes. So this leads us into Rifkin's first two victims who were obviously prostitutes. <laughs> so <laughs> do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Joel Rifkin, probably. Yeah. He calls killing one. Um he recalls killing one Heidi Balch, age 25, in 1989, and another Julie Blackbird in 1990. He dismembered their bodies and dropped the pieces into various uh, Man- Manhattan canals. Like those canals need any Anything more, more litter. Right? I know, right? <laughs> the butchering of the bodies repulsed him, and he didn't really hit his stride until 1991. Well, see, even he's not even good at serial killing. He's just not. Even he's the, just yeah. not into the gore and shit. I guess. I mean, but still, like, like oh. But then again, I'm stride. just like, if you're willing to kill somebody well, how can you be bothered by the gore that you create well, I mean, whatever again, people dude, are weird, i mean man. you're asking for reasoning here i, but I know mean, everybody's got their thing and i guess he just aimlessly did it and was like i have no idea how i want to do this so <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna try it all <laughs> see see what i can stomach well um hottie Balch's remains were actually found in 1989 but she was not identified until march of 2013 Jesus, i'm guessing some dna technology came along yeah and was or some finally dental able to or something, something. Probably all the fucking toxins in that water. Right. <laughs> Looked up that body oh, bag. Jesus Christ. This is maybe the cleanest corpse piece we have ever fucking fished out of anything. <laughs> so if any of y'all were up there in there swimming in the, some of them Manhattan canals, if you feel a bump against your leg... Probably not a sewer crocodile, probably a fucking torso. <laughs> the remains of Julie Blackbird actually were never found. On July 14th of that year, 31-year-old Barbara Jacobs was found strangled and rotting. Uh... They fished her out of the Hudson, so there you go. Another notoriously clean river. Um, Her body had been wedged inside of a plastic bag and then forced into like a cardboard box. Another victim was 31-year-old Korean hooker, Yoon Lee. That's real. That's her real name. If anyone giggled, you're racist, not me. And Joe's Asian, so she can't giggle, so that's fine. Uh, She was was fished out of the East River on September 23rd. So he's just fucking up all the rivers and waterways in New York. Yeah, he's trying to poison people. Again, he's out there sampling. Yeah. Which body of water do I prefer? What a fucking weirdo. I mean, apart from the fucking hooker killing on top of that. So, Jesus Christ. Uh, Yeah, she was fished out of the East River on September 23rd. Her body was folded inside of a steam a steamer trunk. What is a steamer trunk? I don't know. I think it's one of those like dorm trunks. 
You think, or maybe like one of those like foot chests that people use sometimes, got like the locks on them. I don't know if they called it a steamer trunk because I don't know, do trains run on, don't they run I on steam could, and shit back in the day? The only ones I ever knew were like cedar chests. That's what we always referred to a cedar chest as the one that was at the foot of the bed, but uh, okay. I don't know what a steamer trunk, that's why I just guessed it was one of like those dorm trunks. Oh, okay. That We're probably talking about the same thing. Yeah. Right, go ahead. Uh, well, Mary Ellen DeLuca, age 22, had been missing for a month when her nude strangled body was found in a field upstate at Cornwall. Wall, New York, yeah, on October first, nineteen ninety one. I will he's give. He's like all over the place. I will. Yeah, but it seems to me like okay. So I mean, we again, we're talking about someone who I would suspect has a near genius level of IQ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would. I would imagine too that it would be something along the lines of you know when even somebody who's moderately smart like you and I, if we could find something so boring. That we just don't, we don't even perform adequately at it. Um, and, and, we, and we're nowhere near genius levels. Yeah. Uh, and I think most people listening could, could feel the same way about that. So, but, but he's also got, so he's got a lot of untapped brain power almost. Yeah. And like, it, it, so then I'm, I'm wondering, is he just being really smart and taking the, the, the corpses to different locations to keep, you know, track off of him, or is he this just another example of like aimlessly wandering and doing stuff not correctly? I don't know. A little bit of me feels like he's smart, but he's lazy, and so he probably picked these hookers up really close to that body of water <laughs> when he needs to and just chucked them in. Fair enough. And I guess he was just like, well, you know, on that last one, he was like, well, you know, a field that good. <laughs> a field is like a ocean of grass. <laughs> This will work. Yeah, and her remains, Joe, uh, were unidentified until July of 1993. So Lorraine Oravito, age 28, was strangled by Rifkin a few days before Christmas. Her body was jammed into a 55-gallon oil drum and dropped into the Coney Island Creek. (laughs) And her body would remain undiscovered for over six months. Wow. Um, The oil drum was a new kink with Rifkin. Um, It was used at least four times times by this by his account yeah so he's finding something he likes i guess yeah and i'm wondering okay so MO, he, he's developing his mo well also too but is he is he is he starting because i mean when he did the first few he was chopping them you know he was he was cutting them up into pieces didn't like didn't that all, didn't probably like that. too much work it, maybe <laughs> that's yeah. too much no, yeah he's like this is what am i this is i'm not getting paid for this yeah but um so then you 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 and you have him doing different like test locations and stuff like that. Do you think that with the drum, maybe it started factoring in that he could easily kind of get the corpse out of eyesight once he was done? Was there like a shame factor there or like grossed out by himself? Possibly, obviously, you know, we ain't got I mean, him here to talk about it, but yeah, I re- I'm not really sure. Um, it doesn't, it'd be different. I guess if it was like by bludgeoning or some kind of like something gruesome and then he's just like disgusted with himself and then wanted to hide it away, but he was still disgusted solely at the act of taking a life. I mean, yeah, there's a possibility of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I'm just, I, just, I was I trying to feel feel, smart yeah. for a second when that yeah. popped up and I was like, well, Hey now, <laughs> you know, if I had a monocle, I would have put it on, but I don't. <laughs> By the way, you can find uh, our merch stuff at the <laughs> spreadthedreadpodcast.com if you think I deserve a monocle. Uh, a Jane Doe victim uh, was actually uh, found entombed in an oh. oil drum, and uh, she was gotten out of Newtown Cre- uh, Creek in uh, Greenport, Brooklyn, on May 13th of 1992. This led, Joe, to Marianne Holloman, 
Now, she was uh, 39 years old, and she was pulled out. Now, he's back. He's back at Coney Island yeah. Creek. This time, she was in an oil drum. Uh, she was filmed on July 9th of 1992, uh, and this was two days before some people who had passed by found this is when they found the skeletal remains of Lorraine Orvieto nearby. Okay, so now he's fine. Now he's developed a a not just an Emma, but like a, a actual location he's desiring. Well, no, no, she, at was least... the, well, she was the one that was thrown into the field, right? Into oh the no, yeah. That's okay, what I'm so yeah, Coney so, Island Creek. Oh, okay, so they. So at they least had he's found starting to get a vicinity kind of locked down for himself. Maybe I don't know. I haven't read it far enough ahead of me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not good if you're trying to be an ongoing serial killer when they start finding stuff. You know, and it could start lead, lead, uh, leading them. Yeah, to you, exactly. Especially now that you're using this is like what the third or fourth one that he's done, where he put him in an oil drum and dumped him in water. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, there there is a pattern going there. Uh, there was another oil drum victim that was actually found in March of 1992. Joe, uh, now Joel Rifkin uh, could not remember her name. Uh, and couldn't remember exactly when he had dropped her body into the uh, Harlem River, mm. and her remains are actually unidentified to this very day. I always find that sad. That is fucking sad, yeah. especially when you're, you know, I mean, like, again, like, I'm pro-sex work and shit like that, but we all know that there's a lot of them out on the fucking streets doing yeah. that shit illegally that are there by very nefarious means or mm-hmm. some really bad situations and shit like that, and yeah, for them, for you to be so ostracized or like alone almost exiled from yeah. the world so much to where no one can even identify you when you were fighting and she was that's found in an oil it, drum that's what, that's what i was gonna say that's, yeah, that's what makes me sad yeah. yeah well shout out to her if she's hearing this on the other side we don't know your name but we're talking about you and mm. cracking jokes so i'm sorry for being rude but <laughs> it's kind of what we do here yeah. <laughs> uh so with um with 25-year-old Iris Sanchez, uh, she was strangled in April 1992. He ended up driving to JFK, uh, JFK Airport and left her body in a vacant lot beneath a mattress. Oh, that's well, that's so great. I think by then it had cameras like CCTV, even if it was shitty. I mean, maybe, but he, but I mean, it was saying that it was a vacant lot, so it was, it was, you know. I guess near there probably wasn't part of theirs. I mean, there was a mattress there, so someone's clearly been sleeping there That's or like dumping I mean. house garbage. Yeah. So maybe no uh, one owned the lot and it was just really, you know, adjacent to the airport. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, a month later on May 25th, 25th, 1992, Rifkin strangled 33 year old crack addict Anna Lopez. He dumped her corpse in the woods off Interstate 84 in Brewster, New York. His next victim, 23-year-old Jenny Soto, managed to break off her fingernails on his face before he snapped her neck on November 16th, 1992. Fucking there you go. Always fight back. Don't assume someone's going to just fucking have a change of fucking heart. Yeah. You know, fucking go down swing and scratch and claw or whatever. Get that DNA. Even if you you die, you got some DNA samples. Um, Her remains were found on November 17th, 1992, so the following day, on the shores of the Harlem River in the South Bronx. Three months later, Rifkin killed Leah Evans and left her in rural Northampton. Her skeletal remains were found on Mother's Day that year. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 28-year-old Lauren Marquise's body was found on June 29, 1993 in the Long Island Central Pine Barrens in Suffolk County, New York. Now, New York State Troopers, uh, Sean Ruan, Ruan, 
R U A N E, whatever. <laughs> uh, we don't. I don't think we have any of them down here in the south. Uh, and Deborah Spargarin, I got that one. Despite there being two A's next day, right next to each other. Uh, we're pro- what <laughs> we're- kind of fucking last name is that? I, I thought that know. was actually a mistype. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, did he fall asleep on the A key? Yeah. Uh, they were patrolling Long Island's uh, Southern State Parkway at 3:15 a.m. On June 28th of 1993, uh, and they spotted a Mazda pickup truck with no rear license plate. This is, again, smart but lazy. Dude, I don't know. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. He was just like, yeah, think about the bigger picture. No. no. (laughs) Uh, When flashing red lights failed to stop him, uh, they used a loudspeaker ordering him to, uh, to, you know, slow down, pull over, all that stuff. Uh, But he instead accelerated. And sped down the next off-ramp into the streets of Wontog, or Wanta, W-A-N-T-A-G-H, <laughs> however y'all pronounce that up there. We're like Sesame Street, where we're teaching people how to spell shit now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can you spell the weird city in New York? Um <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, five more patrol cars joined the chase before uh, the driver missed the turn in Mineola and crashed the truck into a telephone pole at 3.36 a.m. So, like, less than 20 minutes later, he's already done fucked up. It's right? Police chase. I'm like, telling dude, you. I wonder if he... Like, I wonder the smartest if he, dumb person. There right. we go. I always remember my dad saying that to me. He's just yeah. like, you're the smartest dumb person I know. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I wonder if at any given time did he sit there and go, fuck, I don't have a license plate. Like, I, I, like, well, I guess we'll get further into the he notes because I wrote, I wrote these. Yeah, who, yeah, probably. He's just out doing a fucking, like, a fucking grocery run or something yeah. for her. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Rifkin offered no resistance <laughs> after he resisted for a while yeah. uh, in his car. <laughs> um, uh, the police removed him from the pickup, frisked him for weapons, and removed an X-Acto knife from his pocket. When told his truck had no rear license plate, Rifkin assured the officers it had been present when he left his home some 40 minutes earlier. He, <laughs> he had no explanation for the wild flight to avoid a minor traffic ticket. See? Right there. I was like, all they were going to do was either give you a written warning yeah. or something. You could have easily been like, yo, man, like the fucking, it, it, it is? Like, because yeah, yeah. it obviously still sounds like a lie. You don't go, it was there when I left. I know. It's the same voice you do when like, do you know you were speeding? I was speeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had no explanation, obviously. Um, they were drawn to the pickup's bed by a foul odor, and troopers peeled back a blue tarp and found a woman's naked decomposing corpse. Oh, so that's why he sped off. Yeah, there it okay. goes. She appeared to have been... He was been not di- trying to avoid the $50 fine. No. He was trying to no, avoid no. the life sentence. Yes, she appeared to have been dead for several days, and when asked about the body, Rifkin said she was a prostitute. I picked her up on Allen Street in Manhattan. I had sex with her, then things went bad, and I strangled her. Do you think I need a lawyer? The smartest thing, well, He's, I mean, not really smart, because he totally just fucking admitted. I know. I, I would have been like, I don't know who stole my license plate and put a corpse in this truck, but I'm just as mad as you are, officer, honestly, at this point. I what? want that person arrested. Hell in a handbasket, officer. <laughs> he was booked at Hempstead, where homicide detectives launched their interrogation. Uh, Rifkin's victim was identified as Tim Tiffany Bresciani, a, 20, a 22-year-old Louisiana native who worked as a prostitute in Manhattan the past two years to feed her drug habit. During questioning, Rifkin described her death in clinical detail. 
Authorities presented uh, Jean Rifkin, Joel's mother, with a search warrant scouring her two-story house for evidence. Uh, When they left, six hours later, the searchers actually carried off at least 228 items linked to Rifkin's four-year murder spree. Yeah, his upstairs bedroom alone yielded 75 pieces of women's jewelry, uh, photographs he had taken of a bunch of unidentified women, at at least unidentified at the time, uh, and possibly more victims, you know, who knows at that point. Uh, Various items of women's clothing, there was makeup cases, uh, curling iron, wallets, pocketbooks, and he had a mixed bag of ID cards, because, I mean, if you just want to go to jail even fucking quicker... That's the kind of shit you keep. Uh, One driver's license belonged to Mary DeLuca as she was found dead in Cornwall, New York, uh, in October of 1991. Another Joe belonged to Jenny Soto. Uh, That that was the bad chick who fucking got them fingernails into him. Uh, She was fished out of the Harlem River in November of 92. Uh, Rifkin's bedroom reading material included a book on the unidentified Green River Killer. He was unidentified at that time. Yeah. Um, and news clipping. Wait, is he still unidentified? Or I thought that was that dude who was like the scoutmaster and the church guy. I don't know if that was Green River. No, I'm thinking BTK, I believe. Yeah, you are. BTK. Because the daughter even was like kind of floored. Her dad was the serial killer yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, okay. so that's who it is. Or, I, or I'm wrong and we're going to get fucking reamed. But again, like, we, you know, I don't really pay attention to the big ones that they do all the fucking no. Lifetime movies about. And I'm sure, you know, like, if I can do this Raider was a fucking sicko. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, and yeah, again, we're going to cover him eventually. But like, yeah. as I do point, research. At some point, I'll read across I've, it. I'll come across it and I'll actually read it. But like... Until then, yeah, it's not it's not there. Right. It's one of those where it's like you're going to only tune in to kind of hear us shoot our shit about it. Anyone who listens to this already fucking knows probably more than we will, even when we do finally get around yeah, to covering Dennis go. Rader. Um, so, yeah, let's see here. Oh, yeah, Rifkin's bedroom reading material, as I said, a book from the unidentified Green River Killer and news clippings about the case of New York serial killer Anthony Shawcross. Arthur Shawcross. Arthur Shawcross. <laughs> I read that quick yeah, and Rif- wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In Rifkin's garage, detectives found a reeking wi- wheelbarrow. Damn, say that three times fast. Reeking, reeking wheelbarrow. wheelbarrow. <laughs> Extracting three ounces of human blood. A pair wow. of women's panties. Yeah, that's a lot of goddamn. Blood. Three ounces? Yeah. Yeah. Ex- How many? All right. So, oh, I, re- I re- Jesus Christ. What? You said I, ounces? I said ounces, but literally my brain said gallons. I'm telling you, I need fucking sleep today. Three. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you had to hit holy the road. shit, he left all that. We had to get the cats fixed today. I was at yeah. work. Joe did that, took all the kids. So, yeah, she's, uh, She's running on empty at this point. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, still three ounces of human blood. That's more than you're going to find in any wheelbarrow I've ever owned. (laughs) And I currently own a wheelbarrow. It's sitting out there. And I promise you, there isn't any ounce of fucking even animal blood in that son of a bitch. So yeah, I love the reeking wheelbarrow. Uh, There was a pair of women's panties laying on the floor, just out and about, just strewn, as it were. (laughs) Uh, And of course, uh, these were elegantly placed near a stockpile of rope what and the tarps. Fuck? A chance <laughs> oh I know this guy's like, just like trying to create art. I know he's like making little vignettes. Right. Like, like just to remind look him what like, I oh, did. Yeah. I'm gonna go to my blood barrow. 
My what are those really... like di- those fucking uh, things that you make in middle school? That like a diorama. Like, diorama. It's like yeah. they're making a diorama. Yeah, or a fucking altar to his awesomeness yeah, yeah. of being a serial killer. <laughs> a fucking creepazoid. They also found a chainsaw in the garage, which was stained with blood and bits of human flesh. That must have been from the when he um, yeah when he was dismembering. Yeah, dismembered yeah, the first was two. Like, oh, oh, a while ago. I know he you didn't I, clean it. Smart but lazy. Or again. again. Like he's just he over there fucking, try. just over there fucking enjoying himself, looking at it, and be like, "I remember when I did that." <laughs> Neighbor, uh, neighbors actually recalled strange odors emanating from Rickon's garage. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but they had assumed he stored insecticides there for use in his garden and landscaping business. Oh, okay. So he's got he's he's a successful. And nothing wrong with doing that kind of shit, but I I mean, I guess outside all day, successful enough to have needed a pickup truck and for his neighbors to think he had insecticides up in this yeah. shit but uh yeah if, i mean don't just assume that it's insecticides because this might have gotten stopped a while ago yeah this might you be know. a good time to have implemented the karen rule like- i was thinking the exact same thing <laughs> i was like if there was ever a time to be a karen yeah. when there's a very noticeable fucked up Odor. smell coming from your yeah. neighbor's house yeah probably call someone don't confront that. Don't go full Karen and go over there because they may not have a single fucking problem just taking care of you. Exactly. Karen, if you taking s- care of Karen. <laughs> but but if you smell something pungent yet sweet yeah. and sickening, yeah, motherfucker, call. Call yeah. that shit in. If you smell something, say something. <laughs> Rifkin was arraigned for the Bresciani homicide. Homicide. Damn, I fucked up her name and then fucked up homicide. Homicide. That's, homicide. that's when you fuck up a friend. <laughs> yeah. That ain't good. Don't ever, don't ever commit homicide, dreadheads. That's not the dreadhead way. <laughs> <laughs> On July 15th, 1993, uh, he ended up pleading not guilty. Of course. I know, right? dead to fucking rights. And then what he said to him, look, things went bad. <laughs> I, I had to strangle her. <laughs> Like, do you see that, those not, track marks? I had no other choice. Yeah, I'm not guilty, though. <laughs> yeah. His lawyer, Bob Sale, sought to have Rifkin's confession thrown out on the grounds that police could not prove he was ever advised of his rights at that point. So that makes what? sense. Well, it sounds Miranda like... The, I, I, I get that, but it sounds like they didn't have time. Like, they just ripped the fucking thing back and was obviously like, holy fuck, that's a dead body. <laughs> Why Looked at there? him and he goes, now listen. <laughs> Yes, she was a prostitute. Yes, I had sex with her. Things went bad. I strangled her. Do I, Do I need to call my lawyer? I never. Like, I, I bet that happened before the cops even could remember what the fuck they were there for. They probably were just for a second, just like, wait, I'm a cop. Hold on, fucking freeze. Let's start over. <laughs> I, you know, for one time, I'm going to give them a fucking pass on giving somebody the Miranda rights because I would have forgot them myself. Now, obviously, failing that, he sought to have the various murder charges consolidated into one Nassau County trial, hoping a hometown jury would be more inclined to find Rifkin not guilty by reason of insanity. A formal suppression hearing was scheduled for November of that year, but Rifkin fired sale and retained two new lawyers, former Nassau County Assistant District Attorney Michael Shoshnick and his partner, John Lawrence. Uh, the suppression hearing uh, was convened uh, before Judge Ira Wexner on November 8th of 1993. Assistant District Attorney Fred Klein uh, tried to give Rifkin what they call a sweetheart deal, you know, a good deal. Uh, 46 years to life on all the all 17 of the murders they had him linked to uh, in return for a blanket guilty plea. 
Um, I believe when they do that, like you can't appeal or anything like that yeah. or something, or you just, but maybe blanket just means he's, yeah, I'm guilty on all of them shits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Rifkin that blanket is like when you put it all into a single trial. So he was just one, ah. one guilty verdict for the entire trial. Oh, okay. So it's over done with. Yeah. Okay. All good. Um, yeah, but, but of course Rifkin refused, uh, convinced that he would be acquitted on grounds Jeez. of insanity. That's, I, I, that's you insane. Right. Yeah. That's the, yeah. For, <laughs> I'd be the judge, like, what the fuck? He turned that shit down. Yeah, all right, we we do got yeah, we gotta lock his ass up now. We're gonna do so. Give him some padded rooms and you know some fucking straight jackets. Uh, By March '94, Wexner had had heard enough uh, (laughs) and rejected the various defense, uh, you know, motions for uh, you know to to stall any further or any of that stuff. Uh, and hold Rifkin for trial, which they scheduled for mid-April. Rifkin responded by firing Shoshnik on the spot, leaving just Lawrence, a lawyer with no criminal experience, oh to uh, you know defend him, you know oh, solo right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, jury selection for Rifkin's first trial began on April 11th of '94. A panel of seven men and five women. Uh, were seated nine days later with opening arguments beginning on April 20th, 420. There you go. <laughs> uh, Rifkin's attorney called his client a paranoid schizophrenic who, quote, lived in the twilight zone, end quote, <laughs> overwhelmed by violent, irresistible compulsions that, quote, that took control of his life. Yeah, I threw in an extra quotation mark there. I fat fingered that. Oh, good. <laughs> so if you were wondering why there was a quote with three quotation marks, <laughs> it was because I was typing too quick. <laughs> so that wasn't a that wasn't a verbal issue with Joe. That was a note issue by yours truly. Long Island psychiatrist Barbara Kerwin deemed Rifkin's psychological test results the most pathological Jesus. she had seen in twenty years of practice. She, she later quit her job and killed herself that very night. I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. Appearing for the state, Dr. Park Dietz, earlier a prosecution witness ag- against Arthur Shawcross, Jeffrey Dahmer, and John Hinckley, wow. found Rifkin sick but not insane. When that dude... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing, and he did it. Yeah. Now, when that dude tells right. you you're not insane... Right. That Yeah, you're fucked, bro. They're like, wait a second. You, Dahmer? <laughs> you worked on the Dahmer thing? And you think this guy's fit to stand trial? <laughs> okay, case closed. <laughs> yeah. Case closed at this point, fellas. Now, the jurors agreed with Dietz, deliberating briefly on May 9th before they convicted Rifkin of murder and reckless endangerment. He was given 25 years to life for murder, plus two and one third to seven years on the lesser charge of the reckless endangerment. <laughs> I'm going to guess that was for the truck chase. Yeah. They yeah, were like, yeah, no, throw that in. That yeah, was go fucking ahead. nuts, dude. Yeah, that yeah. Guy, that guy, like, yeah, we weren't even going to check his fucking tarps. We were just going to give him a warning. Yeah, and this, this guy just still be flew out off the handle. Uh, yeah. So now, even before uh, Rifkin was sentenced on May 9th of 94, uh, he was transferred to Suffolk County pending trial for the Evans and Marquez murders. Uh, another suppression hearing failed to, to, to fucking Com- yeah, <laughs> failed to get rid of the confession that he made yeah. right there next to the dead hooker that things went bad with and he had to strangle. Um, so uh, he, uh, he pleaded guilty on both counts. Uh, receiving two more consecutive terms of 25 years to life in prison. 
In November of 1994, he pleaded guilty for or to the Sanchez homicide in Queens and to three more counts in Brooklyn vic, uh, for the victims or of Oravito, Holloman, and the Jane Doe killed in 1992. By January of 96, Rifkin was scheduled to serve at least 180 year, uh, 83 years for seven murders with 10 more counts act still outstanding. Right, so they ain't even done all of this yet. Remember, yeah. he could have had a blanket thing. For yep. all 17 of them, and it was going to be like 40-some-odd years some into, into money. life. And, yeah, and, but, I mean, again, that's, that's going. So he's already got all this just on 7 out of 10 of them, Joe. Yeah. So Judge Robert Hanafy, uh, passing, passed a sentence in the Sanchez case, told spectators, it is not in my power to give Mr. Rifkin the, sent- Rifkin the sentence he deserves. In case there is such a thing as reincarnation, I want you to spend your second life in prison. Cold-blooded. Yeah, I know, right? Good God, there you go, bro. Yeah. That's, that's fucking... Sheriff Joe Brown ain't got shit, or like Judge Joe Brown ain't got shit on this dude. This dude's say, cold. You heard that dick hit that fucking table from right, like dude? Yeah, miles like, away. Like, 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 did, did anyone see him pick up his gavel? <laughs> no? Fuck. <laughs> uh, prison officials decided in 1996 that Rifkin was so notorious that his presence in the general prison population um, would actually be disruptive. And he was confined to a cell at the Attica Correctional Facility for 23 hours per day. Oh my so God. if he wasn't insane, he's going to go insane. See, that's where I'm just like, dude, I don't. I think, you know what? I'm going to take the gamble on the afterlife on that one. Yeah. I don't really need to be doing this kind of shit. Like... I'm good. Like, what kind of fucking life is that? Yeah, so he spent more than fucking four years in solitary confinement, then was transferred to the Clinton Correctional Facility in Clinton County, New York. Um, He ended up suing, arguing that his solitary imprisonment was unconstitutional. (laughs) In 2000, a state appellate court determined that prison officials had not violated his constitutional rights by housing him in isolation they yeah. were protecting him well well i mean even if they even if they were being like look this dude's a fucking weirdo and we can't they're just gonna fucking he's either gonna be someone's pin cushion or they're gonna fucking shank him within 48 hours best to just go ahead and put because i mean this guy can't he's not gonna be a menace to anybody there's no way to prove that he would be i mean he was strangling helpless prostitutes yeah and so he's clearly crazy but there's no reason to think he's gonna be able to fucking handle himself out on a general population yard yeah now especially once it gets out that he was out there killing hookers and stuff like that i mean exactly but it seems like okay so it says that the corrections official said that rifkin was in prison with more than 200 other inmates um who were actually also not allowed into the general population of the prison so it makes right. me think this is like a specialized area anyway oh for sure for sure what is, yeah. what is that the shoe or whatever they call it or something I like that where, where i mean where it is basically solitary confinement but that's the ones where like they, you know, you're in basically your room and uh-huh. you may have like a narrow window. They feed you you're in your room yep. and then you get your yard time, but you're in like a cage, cage like the chain with link a prison fence. above you. Yeah. Like a, yeah. A prison you just, guard above you just you. have like a concrete yeah. square to walk. This is what I'm thinking. It's like they a specialized you a tennis ball. Like, yeah, you're kill fucked. me. Like, I yeah. can't even play tennis ball in here. God Fuck damn yeah. it. So in 2002, New York Supreme Court rejected Rifkin's appeal of his convictions for the murder of the nine women. His lawyer had argued that his statements to the police at the time of his arrest should be suppressed because he had not been informed of his rights. Um, so in 2002, they, you know, c- kind of put a kibosh on that. Right. Yeah. Because um, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know any adult, especially in the fucking, even in, uh, back to the early 90s that don't know about fucking Miranda rights. Right. A. And, and B, again, they just unveil or un, like fucking unveiled yeah. a dead hooker. 
in the back of this truck that <laughs> this they guy. were trying to give a ticket because he did not have a license plate. He ran them on a chase for almost half an hour, craned a fucking telephone pole, got out, didn't resist. And then has a diary of the mouth when the right. fucking prostitute comes up dead in the back end of his truck and he's just like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> do I need you a lawyer? Everything. You need a lot more than a fucking lawyer. So, yeah, good thing that happened. Uh, and wrapping it up, Joe. Joel Rifkin is currently serving 203 years to life. If he makes it 203 <laughs> years, I guess he'll get out. That's kind of, that's always found that kind Praise of shitty. Jesus. I guess. Of it's a Bible. miracle. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he's doing that in Cl- uh, the Clinton, New York Correctional Facility we mentioned earlier. Uh, and uh, everybody, fucking set your calendars. <laughs> and, uh, you know, parents, lock up your great grandchildren. Uh, he will be eligible for parole in 21. 97. <laughs> All right. And with that really stupid joke that got a cackle out of you, which I always enjoy, that ends episode 46 about Joel Rifkin, the Empire State Killer. What'd you think of him, Joe? I thought he's, again, he's smart but lazy. <laughs> well, yeah. Definitely. And a motor mouth, it seems. <laughs> Well, He's yeah, not dude, good yeah, under he, pressure yeah, he, at yeah, all. He was not good once them boys in blue fucking pulled up. You Maybe know? that's why he was killing prostitutes. He just couldn't. He couldn't master, you know, that the the experience. And then he oh, got like ashamed fresh going at somebody. Yeah, like, had to get him kind of in a vulnerable position at first. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Either way, he's a piece of shit and he's rotting. And if he gets a chance to listen to this, don't be fucking killing prostitutes. You fucking. I mean, you can't now anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah, people out there don't kill prostitutes. That's not cool. Um. Yeah, so that wraps everything up for this episode. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, the most dreadful website on the internet is spreadthedreadpodcast.com, where you'll find links to all of our podcast uh, platforms, YouTube, BitChute, Facebook, IG, the merch store, donations, all of that good stuff. And uh, you can check us out on Facebook and IG, as I said, at spreadthedreadpodcast, and Gmail is spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, this upcoming Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill, Joe, me and Jay, Oddly enough, well, not oddly enough, we totally fucking did this on purpose. We're going to be reviewing Black Friday, the horror comedy uh, starring Bruce Campbell that was released last year. And that episode will be out on Black Friday. So if you needed to, uh, I don't know, feel a little extra dreadful while you're out there watching the general public go ape shit over a cheap toaster, <laughs> we've got you covered, dreadheads. And, and don't course, worry, we're going to be out there just fucking with people. Yeah, yeah. We don't <laughs> we even do fucking it buy year. shit. That's the we goddamn just, tradition yeah, It's the absolute now. truth. That's the way we do it. 17 years together, and that's yeah. all we ever do. <laughs> we like, watch God, people, fuck other people up. Yeah, we watch people lose their humanity. <laughs> and we go home feeling a little bit better about ourselves. And if you don't need anything this Black Friday, I highly suggest you do the same. Yeah. And then share your best stories with us because then we'll share oh, ours because yes. we got some doozies. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, make, make sure to be on the lookout for the new Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill out this Black Friday. If you're in America, I don't know if that Friday means jack shit to any of our international listeners. Well, but it's this up because. No, because the Thanksgiving. Yeah. No, because the Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is an America <laughs> as fuck. This is more American than July 4th, honestly. Yeah. We eat ourselves into fucking oblivion, and then we go and we we, we do capitalism like a motherfucker, <laughs> run up our credit card bills right before the stress of Christmas and winter depression sets in. Yep. I love this country sometimes. <laughs> I just love it sometimes. <laughs> but we're not going to pretend we are going to eat. 
<laughs> yeah. We're not going to overeat, though. No, 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 no. We've done better about that. We've dialed that in. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we are definitely going to go out and uh, watch you yeah, Black watch Friday. you people lose your minds. We're the types like, ooh, they're going to fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're those people. You won't hit them? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll be saying that from over, like, for people in the electronics department at Walmart. I'll be the guy in the toy section just shouting at it. Or, like, snag the last of something that we really don't even fucking want or need. And, and we'll set it, it down yeah, it in, in a good place. spot yeah, or, and just yeah. wait people swarm yeah. it, like that you were that's, the kitchen aid. Oh my god, that's the cheering on the front page. Yeah. And there's just a fucking dash towards it and then we just stand back and go, we're better people than them. <laughs> and it makes us feel better. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yep, let's wrap it up, Dreadheads. And if you are American or, you know, if you've got something going on this weekend that's cool in your country, enjoy it and have fun uh let's close as always i'm john and i'm joe and look it's dreadful enough out there and it's certainly going to be this upcoming friday so you leave the dread to us you stay positive you stay proud you stay powerful and no matter what you're doing when you hear this get out there and wreck that shit why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here